We thank you for joining us right here on this edition of the Morning Chat on WAOV. I'm Tom Lee, and joining us right now, the president of the Vincennes City Council, Brian Grove. Brian, good morning. Welcome in, and welcome to the program. Good morning, Tom. All right, let's talk about what happened last night, uh, various things going on. I'm going to start off with City Council. I know usually Ed okay. starts the Board of Works. I'm going to start with City Council because I thought there was a couple of interesting topics, I think, that, that would probably be on top of everybody's mind being talked about that today. And the first one is a building ordinance that is being retooled right now. And from what I heard last night, it sounded like the deer looking to make sure that there aren't any, I guess for lack of a better word, cheaply constructed homes in the city. Yeah, or just just homes that are built out of inappropriate materials. If you uh, if you've noticed these people putting up fences with pallets and uh, pole barn material that is left over, and it just just does not look good. And it, a lot of times it's not even safe. So uh, Brad put a, a really good ordinance together listing what types of materials are appropriate for building, and uh, we're going to stick to that. Now, when you talk about this, you talk about various items. You mentioned, for instance, pallets to, to build fences. And some people look at this, and I know what they're probably saying. We're trying to save money here. We're in a maybe an economically depressed situation. And a lot of these are not necessarily contractors. It sounds like they're individuals that are trying to do it and, and trying to do it in the cheapest way possible. Yeah, I, and I understand that. And I sympathize with with people that are trying to stay on a budget. And uh, But the, the long-range goal is to bring property values up. When your neighbor is, is using materials like that and um, uh, doesn't keep their property up to, to code, then it brings everybody's properties down. Um, so... I, and I understand, you know, there there are times when you need to uh, cut a budget, but uh, if if it's that close, then maybe we ought to not do the project if you can't use the proper materials. When you talk about proper materials, I mean, what are some of the like? There's a lot of proper materials. What are some of the ones that you're kind of looking at as an example against that maybe are used commonly? So, like I said, a lot of people are using just leftover uh, pallets and pole barn uh, material. Uh, the the uh, materials that Brad brought forward to us is there's some homes going up in um, um, Princeton right now that are just they're just basically sheds. And you know when you see one of those going up next to your property, then it I mean it will absolutely destroy your property value. And again, you're talking about City Inspector Brad Snyder here. Yes. And I and, uh, just wanted to mention that was something that came up to some people in the inspector's office and also maybe some city council members about this, and they were worried about property values, I guess, in their area and wanting to kind of head this off before it really gets started. Yeah, and, and we see it coming. You know, we, we saw in uh, Sullivan uh, after the tornado, there's some... Uh, you know, just pole barn homes going up in that area. Um, and it's just not, it's, I mean, it's not appropriate for in, in city limits. So, and that's what we can control and hopefully it will make a difference. Okay. Now you, here's the thing. You've got people that are here and like I say, who are doing this, 
But I've also seen situations where if it gets too restrictive, you're going to get backlash from some people as well. And is, is that part of the balancing act here to make sure that you can satisfy people without getting another group you know, up in arms and, and coming in with, uh, theoretically here, pitchforks and torches? Sure. sure. Yeah. I mean, there's always a, a balancing act um, that you got to do. And um, I think we'll, we'll do a good job at that. Um, there's always going to be people unhappy. But I, I think in, in this instance, I think we'll, we'll make more people happy with with improving the looks of the city instead of allowing it to just go wherever it wants. Now, you mentioned this earlier that they had the problem in Princeton and in Sullivan. I think somebody also said something in Washington as well. And the difference that was mentioned during city council last night was is that you have an inspector in Brad Snyder, but these cities do not. That's and true. I guess that makes a difference. It makes a huge difference. Uh, when First of all, when you don't have an ordinance on the book to follow and then nobody to enforce them, uh, then basically people do whatever they want. And a lot of times that is, like you said, uh, the cheapest possible way. And a lot of times it's not safe and it's definitely uh, aesthetically not pleasing. We're talking about this morning with uh, Brian Grove. He's the Vincent City Council president. When do you expect to have this back? And I know that Inspector Snyder said he wanted to do some amendment on it, but when do you want to have this back for consideration? We we did pass it on first reading last night, and uh, I expect Brad probably has already made those amendments this morning. And, you know, every ordinance is a, a living document. So uh, he had, he had uh, left off a few building materials that uh, uh, Councilman Lau actually picked up on, and uh, we can add to that at any point if somebody feels we've left something off that is is appropriate we can look at it again at any point but I, I to answer your question I believe that would be passed at our next council meeting in, in uh, uh, the second week in February second weekend in February but like I said I have seen issues like this go through without a problem I've seen issues like this where people are going to come out and, and protest about being too draconian I mean that's yeah. you know that that's the one thing I it'd be interesting in the next couple of weeks to kind of measure overall public sentiment on this sure yeah it's always and it may be one of those topics I, I didn't see it you know being an issue uh, we may have a, a bunch of people come and, uh, and oppose it at the next meeting uh, or we may have a, a chamber full of people that are, are in support of it right. so you just never know when you attack something like this so again uh, that will be considered I guess at the next meeting so I guess the next couple of weeks will tell the tale I guess sure. on what's going to happen yeah we'll see what kind of calls we get on it and, and that's what's interesting is is that I know you guys really respond to the public and so we do our, we do our best yeah our, our numbers are out there and we're we're pretty much all accessible so right. you know if, if you do have issues on it give us a call Again, Brian Grubb joining us this morning. We've got a couple of minutes left to go in this segment. And I wanted to touch quickly on something else I thought that was interesting that came up last night, and that is the idea of an innkeeper's tax increase from by 2% right now. And uh, tell us what that issue is about. So the, there was a group that brought a, uh, uh, an idea of a sports complex 
to us that they they are spearheading there's actually two groups that are that are working on doing a sports complex one's an indoor sports complex one's an outdoor sports complex and the one thing in common with them is they will need this innkeeper tax to not not it won't be the only source of funding but it will be one source of funding to pay for operations of of a complex like that so you're going from six percent i guess to eight to eight percent yes now i'm I'm not i'm not trying to be cynical and maybe that's not even the word i'm looking for but how much does the fact that hotel rooms are just being skyrocketed for near the eclipse play into the fact that maybe you need to make this happen as quick as possible well i i don't think that 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 really the eclipse played nothing into my thought on it um it's three days uh and in the long term we're we're talking this is about one hundred and sixty thousand dollars annually yeah um so yes that that weekend um we're not sure yeah, uh, I get what it. it's going to bring in. But well, we, I mean, you're, we, I mean we're, I've been seeing, I've looked on Facebook and I've seen some absolutely unreal amounts. And like I say, you take a 6% right now of that and eight if you pass it. Sure. I mean, that extra 2% is going, you know, going to be a major windfall. Right, exactly. And, and you know, the, the key about this innkeeper tax is the people coming into town, um, you know, it, it's not going to inhibit them from coming into town. I, I know we travel a lot, and never right. once do I, you know, do I call and say, what's your innkeeper's tax rate? Right. Um, it's just something you accept and you pay it, unfortunately. Well, most resorts... In most resort cities, I know, I'm not saying Vincennes is definitely one, but it is a tourist area. Sure, you know, go to about I'd say ten to fifteen percent, and like I said, you're looking at eight. And that's one thing that was mentioned at the council meeting last night is that it's still one of the lower taxes, even at eight percent. Yeah, it brings us up pretty much even with with some of the surrounding counties, um, and you know, it, I, I don't want to see it go any higher than that. Um, but yeah, we we are not we're not um, asking for anything unreasonable. And let me take another tack on this too, and I'm going to include somebody something else that happened last night. Now, as Roy Inglis came looking for help for the soccer facility, and I think it was you, if I'm right, that mentioned that this work on the sports complex may be an answer to his problem as well as the problem that Vincennes faces. Yeah, and I, I probably shouldn't have said Roy's problem, but um, the soccer complex is on cemetery grounds. At some point, we are going to fill up, and we're going to need to expand, expand over into that area. And uh, some of the, the infrastructure that the soccer facility has put in out there is, is just going to be money gone. Yeah. And uh, um, this will be a long-term fix for that it would give a dedicated area for soccer which i think they've needed for a long time i know my kids you know spent a lot of time out there at the soccer fields and um you know it has came a long way but there's only so much that they can do they can't put any permanent structures out there um so i, I think this will be a it would be an awesome thing for the city uh you know to bring some of those tournaments here yeah. and, and make yeah. it a good facility well that's what i was going to say i mean a dedicated soccer park would be yeah, a great idea. I mean, sure. that's something I think it would be really great for the city, kind of maybe on the lines of what Washington is doing. Somewhere. Yes, definitely. Washington and Princeton are both doing that. We're talking with Brian Grove this morning from the Vincent City Council. When we come back, the age-old question.
when is Washington Street going to close anyway? Or Avenue, <laughs> actually. When is Washington <laughs> Avenue going to close anyway? We'll talk about that and more when we return. You're listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV. Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. And we thank you so much once again for joining us right here on the Morning Chat on WAOV. Tom Lee sitting in for Ed Ballinger one more day and uh, sitting in for himself right now is Brian Grove. He is the city council president. And Brian, the long-standing question continues now. When in the world are they going to close that main part of Washington Avenue? So the... The main part of Washington Avenue uh, will be because of the deep freeze. They did push it back, but uh, the bridge is closed now, so there's no through street there at all. You have to go around to Bower uh, Crossing there and, and come in, like to Kelso's, and those those residents there have to go around, do the long way around. Um, but the the main section will be coming up, you know, if, if the first of the year. After. Well, it's already the first yeah, year. Yeah, but yeah. The thing is, well, I know what you're saying, though, but, but here's the thing. Right now, I know they want to do it on February 4th, but they're not sure they can get it done depending on what happens. Yeah, it, it really depends on, on the weather. You know, now we have rain moving in, um, but the temperatures look great. So uh, hopefully construction crews will be out there within a couple weeks of, of their start date. Um, but I don't uh, – uh, JP said that uh, he doesn't think that the end goal, the end date, will be a affected by this at all and, and that's a good point and that's what's my next question was they're trying to get this thing done let's just say theoretically by homecoming I mean that's when they, and they want to get it opened up to traffic for football and again they're having to reroute everybody around Greg Park and I know they've got plans in case it does run into football we talked about that yeah just recently so it looks like everything's in place regardless of how long it goes. Yeah, and uh, we're, we're working on signage to to where you can go in the park the opposite direction and, and basically go, I believe it will be counterclockwise now, um, around the park. So you will have complete access to the park because, uh, you know, we, we think about the Banshell Bash is, is about the same time as homecoming. You know, we'll be the, the week before homecoming. So that's always a big, you know, big draw to that area. Um, no matter matter what it's an inconvenience um, but that park is used for a lot of things in the fall so uh, you know the, the quicker the better and uh, those guys are doing a great job of, of letting people know how the traffic is flowing if, if you don't have the city's app you know you definitely need to download that um, because uh, the um, the mayor's office and, and the engineer's office they update that daily so if, if you need the information it's there it also affects people in the Burnett Heights area as you go up the hill. And have they taken pretty well to the fact that, you know, they're going to have to come out one direction and it's probably going out toward, let's say, you know, Forbes Road or out toward, uh, you know, McKinley Avenue, Wheeler, you know, around in there to try to 
to get out of the heights. Yeah, it's especially difficult on some of those roads. It's it's hard to turn around. They're so narrow, and uh, there's parking on one or both sides. Um, so it will definitely be an inconvenience. We hope that it's as short as possible. Um, but yeah, they'll they'll have to reroute, reroute out. Uh, toward the Ford, Ford's Road area. I never thought about that, but that's true. I mean, when, when you talk about that, is that it, you know, the areas are so narrow, and you think about two main ways in and out now the heights and you talk about forbes road coming up past you know central church of christ and then like i say also coming out on on wheeler avenue and maybe also on the weed well even weed lane would work that's going to shut down yeah but you know, so you're talking you're, you're taking a lot of cars and you're basically going to have to funnel them either on forbes road coming out toward uh you know st Clair and wabash or over on mckinley you know over in that area yeah there's no good way to do it um but it's definitely a project everybody you know seems to support and uh we definitely needed to do it um but it i mean of course it inconveniences every, anything uh construction wise there's going to be people that uh, are going to be inconvenienced we, we just hope that they have enough information that they they can do it plan a route around it well yeah a long time ago up to 2006 i lived in the mckinley apartments at the bottom of that hill that is going to be a very busy place it will be and again most of this uh the road will be closed down to through traffic so most of the time they will be able to unless it's you know through the daytime construction it, it will maybe closed but uh, they will still have access to uh washington avenue to get to their property again it won't be a, we, we a lot of people aren't the hard way that uh, through traffic only really means uh through traffic only you you can only go to your residence or your place of business um and that's it well, again, we're talking with Brian Grove this morning. He is with the Vincent City Council, and we've gone over a lot of different things. Again, the contract has been given out for, uh, you know, for that work. I believe what work was that actually that they bid out yesterday? So the, the the bids that they opened were for the CCMG, the right. Community Crossing Action right. Grant for paving, uh, and there's a lot. I wish I I knew all the streets that were included on that. But again, that's that's on the city's app well, as well. Well, the big one is Hart Street. Hart Street, yeah, yeah, which you know is, uh, you know, again, it's going to be a major impact because uh, you know anytime you start paving a road like Hart Street, oh my gosh, you know if if you sit our business is right there on Hart Street, so we see the traffic all day long. Um, but that that's going to be a big one. But it was a big, uh, bit one point seven uh, million dollars. So that's a lot of paving, um, and then also you know. Uh, 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 the new uh, park superintendent brought up the fact that uh, they are starting to accept bids for the skate park. Uh, so that's a step in the right direction on getting the skate park done. Now that's one CCMG. Now the other CCMG, the next one, is up for sub for submission now. And they've actually kind of upped the ante a little bit. They've gone up to a million five which in Vincent's case would be about a $750,000 match. I talked to the mayor about that on Monday, and he says if they can get that money, they're ready. We are ready, yeah. absolutely. Uh, and, I, you know, excited to hear the mayor say that. Um, you know, we, we, that's been this administration's whole progress has revolved around paving and sidewalks, and um, we're excited to see the, the state up in the ante on that, and we, we definitely are prepared to match it. Well, that's, that's the things that I've got. Anything maybe that you can see going on around the city? 
No, I mean, every, everything is looking really good. We've got the eclipse coming up. Um, so, you know, that, that's a, uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll hope for good weather. And, uh, you know, it is April, so, you know, hopefully the sun, sun will be shining for all, all but four, four minutes and five seconds. <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. You know, and that's one thing I talk about the eclipse with everybody here, and that is because you've got so many major cities in the path of this thing. I mean, with the path of this eclipse coming up, do you think that maybe affects the crowd a little bit? I know the hotel owners don't think it will, but, but I, you know, does it affect the crowds a little bit maybe going to some of these major places sure yeah i mean i could see some people looking at you know areas like bloomington and indianapolis and places like that but this group that travels to these eclipse they're they're, it's a definitely a different group um and they a lot of times will seek out these more rural communities and we are the longest so they they want to say they want to wear that shirt that says i was in the longest totality um so we're hoping for that. Um, I, I look to see a huge impact uh, from it, so we'll see. Well, by the way, that's on a Monday, which also is a food truck Monday, and it kind of it kind of begs the question: Are you going to do it that day, or are you going to try to do it all weekend, or what? So it, it will not be a food truck Monday per se. It will be uh, you know a city Monday. Everybody's on board. Uh, there'll be so much going on. Our our, our food truck Mondays usually start the next weekend right. which that they are on schedule to do that um, but yes there there will be all kinds of food trucks down there they're and they're looking at different types of dining ideas and a lot of local businesses are, are saying uh, you know is this for real or are, are we really do we need to be open that that weekend that day I, and i think if you're serving food and you're not open that weekend you're going to miss out here's the thing too they talk about the path of most totality i believe if i'm correct is just to the south of Vincennes, maybe along South 6th Street Road or, or somewhere like that. And so it'd be interesting to see if, if there's you know crowds going into that area. Oh, I, I definitely believe there's going to be lots of people camping in, in you know, farmers' fields that rent them out. Um, like I said, this group, they, they're not afraid to pitch a tent or uh, sleep in their cars or whatever. Uh, yes, all, all the hotels are full, um, but uh, these, these are the type of people. They, they like to camp and, and do other things. Yes, yeah, so you're talking about a different group of people. I mean, you mentioned a couple of times. I mean, so you're expecting, you know, kind of a... What would you say a different crowd than what we've seen in Vincennes? I think so. I mean, from what I've looked into, um, you know, it's it's just a kind of a uh, I don't know if you say free living crowd, right? You know that they um, they'll seek this out, and like I said, I think they'll they'll flock to more of the rural communities. Well, Brian, if anybody's got any questions about what we've talked today or anything like that, how do they get a hold of you? Yeah, please reach out. I, you can always email me. Uh, got a couple of different emails now. The city uh, is, is doing our own emails. It's bgrove uh, at uh, vincennes.in.gov, or they can always reach out to me You know, through my cell phone, 812-881-5048. We've, I've had that number for about 30 years, and uh, it's never changed. And uh, if I can answer it, I will. If not, leave me a message, and I, I always try and get back. Well, Brian, it's, it's great to have you with us this morning. And again, we always look forward to seeing you guys come in the day after the meetings and, and tell us what, you know, give us kind of an in-depth of what was going on. And we appreciate it. Yeah, that. I enjoy it, Tom. Thanks. All right. Thank you so much. You're listening to The Morning Chat right here on WAO. 
Have you ever missed one of your favorite local shows on WAOV? Ever missed the morning chat, Mark and Mark, or even financial questions, real answers? Well, that's not a problem anymore. WAOV has our local shows on podcast and easy to get to them. Go to WAOVAM.com and click on the podcast tab at the top to find your show. It's that easy. So if you miss Vintage Vincent, legal news or views, or just the tips, listen to the podcast the next day. Go to WAOVAM.com and find your podcast. Thank you so much for joining us right here on the morning chat on WAOV. Tom Lee sitting in for Ed Ballinger and from the Vincennes, a YMCA right now, Colton White. And uh, Colton, good to have you with us. Good morning. Welcome to the program. Yes, good morning. Thanks for having me. Well, let's talk about what's going on at the YMCA. And probably the big thing right now is everybody in this area is talking basketball, and so are you. Yep, we uh, we got our basketball league kicked off a couple weeks ago. Uh, like I said, we got our three-year-old league, which we'll be uh, finishing up here. And then our, our youth basketball league is, is underway. And this coming week will be our third week of it. Um, so it's busy on the Saturdays. I, I've sure. been there to different things. I remember when they had youth soccer, I was there, and I remember – how busy the parking lots were at that point. And my oh, son yeah. did play five-year-old basketball one time. And uh, I got to say, though, starting three, I mean, you know, is that it, it reminds me a little bit of, of let's say, T-ball, where it kind of looks like if you throw popcorn in a, a river and you see all the goldfish going at it. It's, it's kind of like it. <laughs> is that something that happens in basketball, too? Um, at certain that ages. Young? Yeah, certain ages. They, they like to just throw it around and go chase it. But, uh, but it's fun to watch, for sure. But. They they love being out there, um, so it, we had a pretty good turnout this year again. We had over three hundred kids, um, so that's that's going well. And then, uh, so that like I said, I'll go for another four weeks, and then or three or four weeks, pardon me. And then, like I said, we got our high school league also going on, and that's that started last Sunday. Um, so that'll be another five six week program as well. How many teams do you have in that thing for the high school league? We got – I think we ended up with six or seven. Now, are they sponsored or do they just, you know, wear different color jerseys and go out? Yeah, they just they just wear whatever, uh, different color shirts or however they want to do yeah. it. They don't have any specific jerseys or anything like that. Well, the reason why I said that was this is kind of, in a sense, a kind of a, a child, I guess, in the sense of the church league. I mean, it, that was kind of its ancestor, its forerunner. And it, it sounds like it's kind of similar to that. Yeah. Yeah, we uh, we were struggling for teams there for a little bit. We had three or four, and we were looking for at least five. And then uh, we had several sign up there at the at the last second, so we were able to get our the high school league going. So now we that were, always happens that way, doesn't it? It always does. <laughs> it always does. They they want to wait till the last second. So, but fortunately, we were able to get the teams and uh, there get them in there on Sundays to play. So, and not only that, now you have youth league basketball going on from four year olds all the way up to sixth grade and it kind of makes me think to myself you know how many people let's say in Vincent or let's say elsewhere are playing for teams there and then they'll come over and also play for YMCA teams as well we there's several that I know of I don't know of everyone that does that but you know I know people that will have games early and then they'll come to the Y and also play there so there's there's several kids that will play in different locations including the Y so it's good to see that and get them get them in there. Yeah, I was going to say because you know all the different things. I mean, you the you know uh, Vincent's has the league that just ended for you know what, what maybe first or fourth grade or something of mm-hmm. that nature. <coughs> Excuse me. And then <coughs> you go from there, 
to you know kids maybe who are playing fifth and sixth grade basketball at let's say either their elementary or middle school depending on where it is mm-hmm. and, and that's why it's kind of getting to there was i mean they're in their seasons right now do they have time to come out and play for you guys too yeah with uh especially the sixth grade because you know that's getting into the middle school middle school era right but uh it, it doesn't collab too much um we don't have as many teams in our fourth through six but we have enough to get the the league going, so it's it's good to have those kids, especially. But um, like you said, it don't it don't collab too much with the the middle school timeline. So now here's the thing: when you talk about uh, these players, I mean, what's the admission fee? I mean, how much? Well, you know, the charge to play. How much do you guys charge? Um, if you have a membership at the Y, it's only fifty five dollars. But if you don't, it's eighty five. So it, you know, you save thirty bucks just for having a membership um, at the Y, whether that be. A family membership, solo, or however you, whichever one you want to get. Well, here's the thing. I mean, and a lot of these kids may come in due to scholarships. I mean, do you have any basketball players, let's say, coming in on, on scholarships? Um, that I'm not sure of. Bill would have more better idea of how many kids right. are on scholarships. But, um, you know, we do have the financial assistance, so I don't know if um, if the scholarship, you know, ties into that or if it's yep. just for, you know, the financial assistant. But – Bill, like I said, Bill is all over all over that. But you talk about the amount of people that play there. You're talking about 300 on a Saturday. Do you get used to the logistics of getting people from point A to point B, in and out? Yeah, we have it timed out pretty well. Once a game ends, we you know they they leave, and then the next group comes into play. So it's it's organized very well, I would say. You know, especially with the tight gym space we have. Um, we got the overhead walking track where people like to stand up there, so it's yeah. it's not too crazy. We got you know we got plenty of room for people to get in and out in the in the timely manner for the next game. So again, all these have been set, and like I said before, it looks like all these youth leagues are on Saturday, and the uh, the high school is on Sunday. Is that correct? Yes. Yep. Now, how many weeks do you have left? It sounds like you've already started. How many weeks do you have left? We will have four more weeks of games. It's a six-week league uh, for the youth basketball. If I remember correctly, usually the younger kids play earlier in the day and then the older kids play later. Is that still the way it is? Yes. Yep. We have a, you know, we have nine, nine o'clock, ten o'clock, and then so forth with uh, and then sixth grade being the, being the later games. What, kind, what time do you usually wrap up? Um, they usually get done about one one thirty. Okay, so that's not bad. Yeah, they we usually start pretty good and, or pretty early, and then we'll end about the afternoon. So we're talking with Colton White this morning. He's from the Vincent's YMCA. Colton, we've talked a lot about basketball. What are some of the other things on your plate? Well, some things coming up. We got our blood drive coming up February fourteenth uh, next month. So a couple weeks away from having our first blood drive of twenty twenty four. That will be held in gym number two, like usual from 11 to 4 and then we just got our 2024 lifeguard dates set up Um, so we'll have lifeguard dates it's on the website our social media and then along with our swim lessons as well so we got a lot of aquatic dates set in stone um, and ready to get those going I know lifeguards are a pretty big hit at the YMCA Um, Tiffany does a great job of getting getting people in there and getting them trained and, and certified so it's it's a good thing to have, especially with um, <clears throat> summer right around the corner, getting your lifeguard certifications because there's plenty of areas for that need lifeguards. I know that for sure. So <clears throat> if you're looking to get it, come to the Y and get your, get your lifeguard certification or just get some swim lessons. 
I want to ask you uh, quickly, Dennis Cordes now is the brand new CEO at the YMCA now taking the position. And I want to ask you now, how much of an adjustment has it been going from, let's say, Pat Herman or Bumper Hosteller, who's the interim, into Dennis Cordes? I mean, has there been a lot of adjustment? Um, it, you know, it's it's went pretty smoothly, really. Once Pat left, Bumper was came in right behind him, and Bumper, with his experience, was, you know, pretty much took off right where Pat left and was able to just get us going forward for, you know, the several months that we needed. But he was great to have. He's still still there helping with uh, some things going on, just kind of getting Dennis comfortable with the transition. But Dennis has done great. This is his second week going. So, yep. Well, I see Dennis as more of an administrator with his background working with, with Colonial before he – Colonial Assisted Living before coming over here. I, I've seen him as more of an administrative expert. I mean, is that pretty much what you guys are seeing? Yeah, he's a very social guy, very easy to get along with, and I, I think he's going to do a great job reaching out to the community and, and pulling some people in that will that we need and, uh, you know, working with sponsorships and all that stuff. So it's, it's going to be good to have Dennis there. I can already tell in the couple of weeks I've known him that he's, he's a great guy, so. We're excited well, to have him. Also, want to ask you about one other thing. I don't know if anybody's really brought this up. I'm going to bring it up, and that is the the 24-hour key fob program for mm-hmm. the workout center. Is it still getting some pretty good use? Yeah. Yep, it is. And uh, talking about the fitness, we do have a, a no-joiner fee this January. So if you come in and get a new membership, um, we'll wipe the joiner fee for it, which could be up to $50, depending on which membership you get. So to go along with the 24-7 access key, if you come in this month, get the membership, we'll wipe the joiner fee, and then you can also get the 24-7 access key. That will let you in after hours or, you know, especially the weekends. We close a little earlier, so mm-hmm. you can come in on the weekends whenever. Sounds like, though, that that's a you know really good deal because a lot of people I know early in the mornings, they like to come out and, and, and work out. So that kind of, you know, frees them up to not have to worry about when, it's, when, when the facility itself gets open. Yeah, right. And the why the why opens pretty early, so you know coming in before work is never really an issue for right. some people. You know, if we opened at seven or eight, it would be be you know beneficial to get that key fob. But we are open early, so people come in, work out before they get going for the day. So anything else maybe we left out? Um, nope, that's really all we got going. Of course, we have our group exercise classes going strong. Um, you know, we got I think nine classes that we have at the Y, including our our couple aquatic classes as well. So we, we're staying busy at the YMCA. Well, let's wrap it up by saying if people want more information about what you guys are doing, how can you get a hold of you? Yes, you can give us a call at 812-895-9622 if you have any questions. Or you can also go to our website at vincensymca.org and find any information there as well. Now, Colton, it's great to have you with us this morning. We wish you guys the best. Yes, thank you very much. All right, thank you very much. That's Colton White from the Vincennes YMCA. You are listening to The Morning Chat on WAOV.